welcome to the Projector Movement podcast. We are your hosts, Charlie and Amy. We'll be bringing you stories, conversations and life experience as embodied projectors. We first and foremost honour every individual at their core and let human design be a guide, not a rule book in our lives. We'll dive deep into topics that bring your projector essence alive. This is for you, the 20% of the world that is inherently different than everyone else. We're projectors, we're different, and we love it. Hello, amazing projectors. Welcome to another episode of the Projector Movement podcast. My name is Amy. I am a 3-5 emotional projector. And today I'm chatting with the amazing Sarah Lemmerman. Now, Sarah has been on the podcast before. She was on, I think it was about episode 20. So if you haven't listened to that one already, definitely listen to it at some point. You don't have to listen to it to listen to this one, but Sarah is just, she is incredible. Like She really draws you in with what she's talking about. And she's a 5-1 splenic projector. And I could honestly, I could just talk to her all day. She is just brilliant. So today we're talking all about boundaries for projectors, which this is a huge topic. And I don't know about you, but for a long time and yeah, still now, I really struggled with putting boundaries in place. But I think the more you practice it, the easier it becomes but today is amazing to listen to because Sarah really breaks everything down in a way that is I guess easy to understand and I ask her a few questions about you know like why doesn't it feel very good setting boundaries does that mean we shouldn't be setting them if it's not feeling great for us and her answers are just so insightful so please enjoy this episode Before we get into it, though, I wanted to let you know about a brand new offering we have for you at the Projector Movement and how fitting it's all about boundaries. And yes, Sarah is in this particular offering. How could we not have her when she's just so in tune with everything in the boundary world? So This offer is amazing. We invite you in with open arms. Come and join us for it. All of the links that you need will be below. So a link to go and check out the page about the offering, find out a bit more about it, what's included, what do we talk about in the offer, lots of goodness. So if you're like me and you're thinking, yeah, okay, I could use a bit more or maybe a lot more help in the boundary department, then yeah, this offer is fantastic. It's all pre-recorded. You can watch it in your own time. The videos are broken down into easy to digest sections and it's just a really nourishing way to move through the world of boundaries and how you can start setting them in your own life. So helpful for us as projectors, especially as we just, we tend to, I guess, be on the people pleasing end of the spectrum, as I do mention in this particular episode as well. So I won't give anything else away. 
I'll let you tune in to this and enjoy this conversation. Like I said, Sarah is just incredible and I love her insight. I love to just be in her world for a little bit. It's truly fascinating. All right. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Projector Movement podcast, Sarah. It is brilliant to have you back for another episode. I'm really excited to get into this today. Thank you for having me back. I love being here. So for those listening, if you have not listened to our episode on the Projector Essence, definitely pop back and listen to that because you'll find out a little bit more about Sarah in that episode and as well as the Projector Essence, which this particular episode that we're doing on boundaries, it kind of builds off that projector essence. So I definitely recommend everyone to go and have a little listen to that. But Sarah, I know you introduced yourself in the last episode that you were here, but I'd love for anyone that's potentially just tuning in now, and this is their first episode. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your human design chart? Yes, definitely. Again, it's so good to be back and talking with you, Amy. I love sharing our knowledge together. Um, so yes, I am a 5-1 splenic projector with four closed centers, which are or defined centers. Um, my root is defined, my spleen is defined, my throat and ajna are defined. And I am the left angle cross of Endeavor 2. So that's a brief overview of who I am. Amazing. I love, I always love talking to a splenic projector. There's just, (laughs) there's something about it that, well, I don't have that spleen defined. So I just find it fascinating that you're so, I guess you're in the moment and so present with, with life. I just think it's a really beautiful aspect of a chart to, Mm. to have. That's for sure. Yeah. There's always FOMO because sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had 24 hours to like, just think about things. You know, (laughs) It's like, no, you have to know right now. It's one chance you get a whisper and then it's over. (laughs) Make the decision now. (laughs) Now. Now. Could you let our wonderful projector listeners know a little bit about what you do for work as well? I feel like this just ties in so beautifully to the conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, it's a beautiful question because it's an ever evolving thing I do for work, but I'll get into specifically how I have been working with projectors and how that all came about, um, I have been an integrative counselor for the last four years or so. And when I learned about human design myself, that was maybe about five or six years and found out I was a projector, I began really diving deep and learning about it and decided to start to weave it into working with some of my clients. And what was fascinating was about 70 or 80% of my clients happened to be projectors without knowing. And so it was, it was such a beautiful moment. And I really began seeing patterns and similar hiccups or issues and also breakthroughs with the people I've been working with and have been teaching about projectors and have linked up with the projector movement and helped out with trainings and, and do almost like I'm, there's a micro study of the, the people I've worked with um, to just understand projectors in a real world sense. Um, so that's how I've 
I kind of fell into this, this specialty, if you will, of studying projectors. How incredibly fascinating to be able to take a deep dive into the, the projector type as a projector. I just think that is, yeah, it's a, such a wonderful thing to learn about. And at the depth that you understand and can see into another, I just, I think that makes you so incredibly wise. And it's always so wonderful to chat to you and to soak up your beautiful 5-1 profile <laughs> and soak up that knowledge that you hold and all of that wisdom. I just think it's just absolutely incredible. Oh, thank you. And you mentioned just before, and I'll, I'll pop this in the show notes for everyone, but Sarah does actually feature on our deconditioning journey training at the Projector Movement. And now this is such a wonderful eight-week journey to go through to start your deconditioning process. So Sarah features, I believe, in week seven and week eight of the training. I will confirm that for you below. <laughs> and if it's just so insightful to hear you speak and to to learn from you about how to kind of dive deeper into this process. So if you are listening and you're thinking, okay, I feel like maybe I, I do want to dive a bit deeper into this deconditioning process, then I definitely recommend joining our deconditioning journey training. So all of that will be below for you if you are curious. Mm, yeah, that was a fun training to do. Yeah, I've journeyed through it myself a couple of times and uh, yeah, I may be a bit biased, but it's, it's so <laughs> wonderful. I really, I just get so much out of it and I will go through it again because I feel like mm. you just pick up different things as you move through it another time. So it's a, yeah. it's a really great tool to have in your, in your pocket, that's for sure. So today we're going to talk about boundaries and now this is, I'm really not great <laughs> at boundaries, so... <laughs> I'm looking forward to chatting about this. And I feel yes. like if I'm not great at boundaries, there'll be some other projector out there going, oh, me too. I'm really yeah. not great at boundaries. So yeah. I'd love to know, and I'm sure many other projectors would love to know what, like, what even is a boundary and why, why are they important to us as projectors? Yes, definitely. Um, so what part of what I've, created and developed are these psychological pitfalls of projectors. Um, my background is more in psychology. And so on that training, I kind of brought in as we decondition, what are the psychological loopholes we can kind of find ourselves in um, as projectors? And without a doubt, I would say boundary issues um, <laughs> were what is one of the greatest um, challenges not just as projectors in our culture, but for projectors specifically, they are very, very important. Um, so to answer your question, boundaries are basically knowing where some where we stop and another person begins. Um, boundaries are the ability to say no um, and to have a differentiation between two people as two individuals. So why are they so important to us as projectors? Well, 
projectors innately, I, I talk about this also on the training, we are wired for more of a codependent uh, relating style. Why is that? Well, we have an open sacral and we literally come into our power or an alignment when we're guiding someone else, especially a generator or a manifester that has a more defined sense of self. When we get around them, we feel more complete. So boundaries for us, because most of us have been living a life trying to help the other or be seen, we typically overpower the other. And we overpower not because we're stronger physically, but our aura is so penetrative that we can become claustrophobic or parasitic to the other because we're so intense. Um, boundaries are also so important as projectors because we have lived our lives pretty much priding ourselves on our ability to help and heal, even if no one's seeing us. We do really good at that. That's a place where we can have some sort of self-esteem. Um, I have found, though, that if we are telling everybody, yes, call me at midnight. Yes, I'll come and help you move. Yes, I'll help you here. We are leaking our energy and we don't have that much. And so being able to say no is important or being able to tell people, I actually can't help you, even though you have the wisdom, it can be counterintuitive because typically we do that because there is some egoic pleasure in giving that help or solution or being the midnight phone call. But on the flip side of that, it's where our bitterness becomes to be born because people tend to not see us when we're the ones that are just giving away our resources for free. So I know I'm, I'm, that's a, probably really a complex answer, but why it's important is that our energy is like gold. I talk about that on the last, on the last uh, podcast where we have 20% energy in our system and it's really valuable. And if we don't have the ability to say no to invitations or not go to an event because it's energetically draining or you've, you've already done something during the day or you're not being compensated for your advice, if we don't have that strength within ourselves to say no, then we're going to be bitter, depleted, sick, and unseen. Mm. So would... I find all of this so, so very fascinating. Would not wanting to have a boundary up, which we'll get into really soon, but I feel like would not wanting to have a boundary up, would that come into some sort of like people-pleasing aspect Definitely. as well? Definitely. Yes, totally. And, you know, I say all this because sometimes I feel like I, I talk about the shadow and the problems. None of this is our fault. So I just want to be really clear to not, you know, this is hitting on any sensitive places that you are really bad at boundaries. It's okay. That's normal. We, we weren't taught how to be in alignment as projectors. We're very different humans than 80% of the world. So yeah, we, it's important for us to, to have some grace and forgiveness as this process comes through us. And to know that it would make sense that in life, you know, I can speak personally, like in my family dynamic, I was the one that 
would help out everybody. Number one, it, it felt good. I was in a corporate job that I was miserable in, in pharmaceutical sales for 10 years. So any opportunity I had to be a projector, I didn't know it at the time, which is to help, to heal, to guide, I was doing. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a selfish component to that because it made me feel purposeful. So I don't know if that, that completely answered the question, but it's okay that that people pleasing, it's beyond people pleasing. It can be because we're sensitive and we don't want to hurt people's feelings. So we say yes, but there's also a shadow side that we like to say yes, because it also feels really good until it doesn't, because we're not seen. <laughs> and in the moment it can, yeah. yeah. Or we're just taken advantage of, or we spent all our energy and now we were depleted. And that's where we start feeling that bitterness. So we start feeling resentful right. that, hey, I've actually been so helpful. Why is no one recognizing me? Right, right. Yeah, so, so fascinating. Do you feel like the kind of people-pleasing aspect comes from a certain place in a human design chart? Or do you feel like it's just it's a general conditioning thing that might occur? I I would say that if, you know, again, I'm also a student, so this is my hypothesis. I would say because we are open beings, we feel so deeply into the other, which we can say the word being sensitive or empathic. And so when we feel discomfort by someone sharing a story, there is this, it's, it's actually our own work to actually feel the discomfort and not do anything about it, not fix but I think what happens is we're so sensitive and, and we not only do we want to fix it, but most likely we have a really good solution because that's what we can do. We see between the lines, we can see how to help people. So we've got two things somewhat working against us, which is we're feeling so terribly for what our friend is going through or our spouse or someone at work. And we're like feeling it in our bodies. And most of us haven't been taught or trained to be with uncomfortable emotions we've just been taught to fix them so in order to kind of sue ourselves we can help the other person and then it also again it feels good to help the other person and so it it kind of is a cycle that perpetuates itself but i do i would say if there was a part of the chart it would be the open sacral Mm, which we all have which we all have <laughs> there's no getting around that one yeah yeah mm. and we feel intensely we feel intensely and people feel us intensely so um yeah when things don't feel good it's going to exaggerate in us and we're going to want to fix it yeah yeah get that uncomfortable feeling out of the way yeah yeah <laughs> are there different types of boundaries that you can have? Definitely. Um, you know, there's a physical boundary with your body, um, you know, allowing people to touch you or not touch you or get close to you or hug you or kiss you. Some people are huge huggers, right? And some people that's not comfortable for them. And there's no right or wrong, you know, part of this process of deconditioning or, you know, and, and boundaries, again, like I said, it's not just a projector thing, it's a human thing. Um, but for us specifically, we get to decide what's our comfort zone. And a lot of times, you know, I know when I was a kid, my dad told me to hug and kiss everybody, which I felt fine and safe with, but like, was that actually my truth? I don't know. Um, 
So there's a physical boundary. There is, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to put time under a physical boundary as well, but it's, you know, how many events are you going to go to to the day? Are you going to go out with friends that actually exhaust you? You know, so there's a boundary on, on your time. And as projectors, again, with such limited energy, we have to treat our time like gold. Like we don't just hand out gold to everybody. So there's also emotional boundaries. You know, how much are we sharing with people? You know, we don't have to tell everybody everything. We don't have to help everybody. Um, we shouldn't be helping everybody because everyone's not paying us gold. So we definitely shouldn't be helping everybody. Um, there's our own personal boundaries. You know, when we put away our work and, and do things for us or do things with our spouse. So, you know, from the psychological school I came from, our whole existence is really boils down to our ability to have boundaries in terms of being healthy in this world, is knowing yourself, knowing when you can be out there saying no to a family event because they stress you out and it's not good for your health is, a, is an example of a physical or an emotional boundary, if you will. That's really, really helpful to know that there are different types of boundaries. There's not this blanket approach that says this is what your boundary has to look like all the time. There's no. different ways you can move with these. And I guess that would depend on how you're feeling at the time as well as to what sort of boundary you want to potentially have in place. Absolutely. And, and to bring in more human design, I would go with your authority to know, you know, like, if you were, you said you're an emotional projector, I know that you are. If you get an invitation to go out with this huge party crowd on the weekend and you need to just wait 24 hours to see, is that actually something you want to do or not? You know, or you get invited, your friend needs help moving, you know, and in the moment you're like, of course, yes, but you get home and you're like, you know what? I don't have the energy to move right now. You know, then it's, it's a no. Um, so you can, you can work with, you know, boundaries can be changing depending on where you're at. That's beautiful. You know, they're not these hard rules. Um, and maybe sometimes they are hard rules. You know, it, it, they're, they're, they can be both. You know, a hard boundary could be, I don't take work calls after five o'clock period. That's a firm boundary. You may, may never have to recalibrate that, <laughs> you know? invitations to social events or family events may be based on how you're feeling at that time period. Mm, I love it. So really yeah, getting to, to know what your boundaries are through your authority and then letting yourself kind of morph and move with them as you feel you need yeah, to. Totally. Mm, okay. Okay. So, I mean, you may have answered this a little bit in the last question, but why does it feel so hard to put a boundary in place? I know for myself personally, it yes. makes me a little bit sweaty yes, <laughs> to put definitely. a boundary up. No, like, definitely. Um, well, there's so many reasons why they're difficult. First, we don't like, we like helping people. So saying no is really counterintuitive. We also, we, we want to you use the word people pleasing, like, one of the biggest gifts as a projector is we really can see how to help people or how to guide people. And so saying no, when you actually have a really good solution is, is counterintuitive. It, it, it doesn't feel natural. So it is going to be uncomfortable if your best friend calls you and you're like, it's actually a no. And they're like, what? 
<laughs> like yes. you always say yes. Like, and then they're like, then the relationship feels uncomfortable. You know, someone told me a beautiful quote that the people who get most frustrated when you put up a boundary are the ones who benefited from you not having them. So when you begin to put them up, the people that loved when you didn't have them start to get feisty or upset. Um, If you are always helping out this person and you're like, I actually, that's not aligned with me anymore. It's a no, they'll have a reaction, but their reaction doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It's actually most likely you're doing something right. And again, it kind of boils back to what I said. It's our emotional resilience and ability to regulate our experience of their reaction and not needing to fix it. So, oh my God, my best friend's so angry at me and I'm just going to let that be okay. And this feels so scary and I'm afraid she's not going to be my friend anymore. And like, maybe I should just go there. Like all of that self-talk that will come in to try to guilt you into to doing it being able to just sit with that and be like no this is actually this is actually more supportive for me as i'm learning how to be a projector i have to be able to say no it also will you know when we say no more unfortunately well fortunately i should say our value goes up you know people you know over time when people just can't you know, get the milk for free, if you will, you start to, they start to actually hear you more or want to like really understand what you're saying. So you actually, you know, part of the benefit of saying no, or, or what I should say is incentive to ride the wave of uncomfortable feelings when we say no, is to know you're actually increasing your stock price. <laughs> if I could say it like that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh no, like, You know, I used to have zero boundaries with my family and friends. And now they know like, oh, wow, Sarah's actually coming. Like, that's exciting. And then I'm welcomed and people are interested in me where before I was like, I I blended in with the couch. I was always there helping and doing things, but never seen. And it was just expected that I was like the one to do all those things. Wasn't a fun role long-term. So the incentive, I should say, for beginning to pull back on your yeses or on giving advice is actually to increase your your value in the world. And to, to not even for other people to see you as valuable, for you to see you as valuable. Yeah, that beautiful self-recognition for a projector yes. is just yeah. magic, isn't it? Yeah. And what's why why I see a lot of people struggle is because because what we see and how we guide comes so easy for us, it, we haven't felt it as valuable. It's just what is, like I'm able to see. It's just natural for me. So it's like, oh, this is natural, but we have to actually recognize it's, it's, it's an extra special gift. It's our sixth sense, like I say. It's not what, not every, 80% of the people don't have this. So we have to treat it as valuable instead of just giving it away. Mm. So it's almost like having these boundaries in place and being in that uncomfortable stage of, oh my gosh, someone's really mad with me because I've done this, put up this boundary. It's like we are gaining like that deep trust within ourselves as projectors Mm -hmm. that is saying, 
no, I am really fortified and I can be really discerning and it's safe for me to move from this place. Yes, yes. And this process, rightly so, I just will say, will bring up some challenges, which is beautiful because so much of our identity has been in in helping the other person. And so perhaps we start to notice, wow, I'm saying no, but I'm feeling really insecure or I'm feeling really low because I like, what am I doing? You know, so it's it's actually like the biggest, I would say milestone of the deconditioning process is, is self-acknowledgement of being able to see yourself and acknowledge yourself, not needing the other to validate you. The more we can do that, spending time alone, self-affirming thoughts of validating ourselves, we're actually, again, increasing our value as a projector and becoming more in alignment. Amazing how that can all stem from just literally saying no. No. Yeah. No, no is a full sentence. No, yes. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, 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 you know, if we've prided ourselves our whole life on our ability to help, and that's what a lot of people know us as, as the go-to for advice or the one that's, yeah, that they can come to or the one that will, they can count on to go to them. And then all of a sudden we pulled back. That's going to bring up some stuff in the other, but it's going to bring up some stuff in ourselves too. Yeah, even as we're talking about this, like I've got a really tight chest because I think, oh my gosh, like, you know, I do want to do this, but then it's it's so scary to, yeah. to think, okay, how am I going to go about it? And especially I know I've got that third line energy. So I'm like, this is probably, I'm going to fall on my face with this. And that's even scarier, but I guess that's just how we move through life, isn't it? We just yeah try these things and, and see where it takes us. Well, I think too, because I'll, I'll share with you uh, for the last couple of months, I actually put a pause on helping anybody, even professionally, to challenge myself to see who am I beyond that? Because for so long, it was such, it was my identity, it was my profession, but there was other aspects of myself that were dormant or not tended to, because I was really good at helping and really good at this and really good, you know, as a counselor, as a healer, yes, 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 but like, is that all I'm here to do? And that's what it started to feel like. And it was a scary process to actually stop doing that and, and, and sift through like, who else am I other than being a guide and a helper? We are that, but we're also human beings with a lot of other interests. And so it, it is a, I, I can relate to that feeling of being tied in the chest for sure of like pulling back and saying no. I can imagine that was a really fascinating process that you've just been through, uh, kind of like you've just said, just pulling back and seeing where your work ends and you begin as a mm-hmm. person. So it's finding mm-hmm. that like career boundary as well. And I mean, yeah. I know that what you do is, it's just, it's so deep and I feel like career is just the wrong word to use for it but for the purpose of that particular sentence it's that yeah that career that work boundary Mm -hmm. and finding yourself in that and yeah recognizing yourself for everything else that's wonderful within you as well right Mm. definitely yeah so 
when we put up boundaries, they can be just for us. So no one else has to know about them, but quite often it will involve someone else. And I think this is the part where a lot of us get stuck is what if, and we, we did just touch on this, but I'd love to elaborate on it a little bit more. What if we, we've put up a boundary and it's not being respected by the other person? Do you have any splenic insight into this? I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. That, what you just said is most likely going to happen. So I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> that people like I'll Reese, I love the quote, people that get upset when the boundaries are being brought upon are the ones that benefited that you didn't have any. So not being respected by the other party is going to happen. You're going to feel the frustration or the, the convincing doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. That's just part of the process. So it, expecting that is actually going to be a healthier way to know, like I'm doing it right. Because in, in a beautiful way, people don't want to lose you. So know that people might put up a fight. That doesn't, that doesn't change what your needs are. And I would say this, and it's happened. You'll be in to see like who's really in your life for you and the betterment and the best interest of you or who's in their life as a taker. So if you start to lose friends or you start to see parts of people, perhaps that friendship was only based on you helping them or you giving to them, which probably would be a time to reevaluate. Um, one of my teachers told me, you know, if you're not changing friends as you grow, maybe challenge your growth game. You know, we, we have friends at all different parts of our lives. And if you've created a dynamic, um, this is another kind of pitfall. We could, we could do another call on this about codependency, but I, I feel like that's kind of the curse of our culture is we enmesh in our relationships. And so as you begin to become individuated, the person that you've enmeshed with is going to feel upset but that's a, it's a healthy process as projectors to not be in an enmeshed state with, with the other. So, and you can, you can say it, you don't have to be, you know, I, I think if the more, you, if you explain to this person, you know, I'm, I'm perhaps this is an example, you know, I'm, I'm actually reevaluating my life because I've been needing to just take more time for myself or needing more rest or I'm starting a new project and I, you know, I love you very much, but I'm actually needing to choose me right now. And that's, it's a new thing for me, you know? And if, if someone can't respect that, then that shows more about them than you. Mm, what a fascinating yeah, way to, to look at all of that. I guess that it's, it's not our job to make sure someone else is comfortable with our boundaries. No. It's not, it's our other people's reactions aren't our responsibility. And I know that's challenging again, because we're sensitive and we feel it. And we, the last thing we want to do is make people upset, but it's not our job. And it's not our job to make someone else happy in sacrifice of our own well being. And that's what I would say so many projectors do. And then we end up bitter, we end up sick because we've drained our energy, we feel 
we just feel upset at life because we're, we're constantly giving in a shadow sense, not, not shadow in a dark place. I mean, like no one's seeing us. Um, and so as we begin to own who we actually are, again, having that boundary saying, saying no is just as healing for you as it is for the other person. Yeah. And I guess that, like you just said, if these people have just been in your life because, you know, they're just taking from you and that's kind of depleting you as a projector as well, then that will come to the surface. And I guess the same thing will happen with maybe initially people won't be happy with these particular boundaries, but then they will go, oh, you know what? I actually really respect that. And it might take some time, but that could be a process as well. It absolutely happens. It does take time. So right when you put up the boundary, yep, people are probably going to push back, question, not take you seriously. But the, the firmer you stand and the longer it lasts, you'll redefine yourself in your connections in life. And here's the other side I want to say. So about when you put up boundaries. So you might not respect be respected by the other party. But what I have also found, and it's kind of, this is more on our side of the work, is we start to feel purposeless. So if we stop doing these things or helping when we're not being compensated or giving so much, then it, we're left, people have described as like twiddling your thumbs at home and being like, who am I? And you know, we, we have benefited from being in codependent relationships as well. You know? And so it's, this is again, a time to be with ourselves and be gentle and kind and be like, you know what? we haven't really sat down you and I, me and myself to, to find out who I am without being of service. And I'm going to get to know myself. And if it's uncomfortable, if I'm feeling insecure because I haven't helped anybody, that's a beautiful place to begin to understand where you can get into better relationship for yourself as the whole of who you are, not just for the part of you that helps everybody. Mm, beautiful seeing yourself yeah as a as a whole that's just right you've got got more parts to you than just what you can see and and who you are it's it goes a lot deeper than that right Mm, beautiful so something that I personally struggle with so I thought I would just voice this because I'm sure someone else feels the same way I, whenever I have put a boundary in place, even if it's so uncomfortable, I feel like I'm always being super serious. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, there's, it's a firm rule. It's never going to change. And it has to be like, I have to deliver it in this really serious tone or with the serious message behind it. And mm-hmm. I, is, I don't know, is is there a lighthearted way to go about this or is this just like a practice makes perfect sort of thing? It's, I don't know. It's something I really, I struggle with. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's circumstantial, right? So if, if someone is really being hard on you, you might have to be like, it's a no and I'm, and I'm final. So like there could be a super serious way, but There's also ways that I like to just make a joke about myself. Maybe it's self-deprecating, but it's like, you know what? Kind of like trying this new way of like things. And I'm realizing that I need way more rest. And so as much as I love you and would be there, 
I need to prioritize myself right now. And, you know, you can say things more gently. And if, if they're relentless, you know, no is no. And know that life will go on. Know that life will go on for them and for you. Um, so yeah, you can make a joke. You can, you can just say, yeah, you know, I've realized for so long that I haven't, I've neglected just being with myself and I just need some time or, you know, I've overdone it for a lot, for most of my life. And my body's really needing time to just be with myself right now. And if they can't respect that, that you, you know, I don't believe you owe people explanations either. Um, so the more, and, and it, like you said, the more you practice, the more it's easier to be like, oh no, I can't make it today. You know, most people are able to do that more freely than we are, I would say. Um, so no, you're just, you're actually like being more like other people by being able to tell someone no and not feeling so heavy about it. Yeah, and not feeling like you have to over-explain yourself yeah. as to yeah. what your reasoning is. Right, right. Because I'm I'm really good at that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, I know here's another part of my chart. I My motivation is guilt. So anytime I feel guilt, it's like, oh, no, I can't because I've got this and this and this. I'm like, you know what? It does, they don't need to know so much. That's another boundary. Like, no one needs to know, is it because you have other plans or is it because you, what doesn't matter it's not none of their business yeah you know you don't have to go to the family thanksgiving for for whatever reason if it's a no i'm sorry i'm sending my love i can't make it this year have a wonderful thanksgiving yeah and that's enough and it's enough and and here's the thing i find when you say no you empower other people to do the same we've lived in this culture of guilting everybody to go to you know, I use family events because they can be stressful, but, or, or parties or these things that for some people can feel really, they don't feel good there. So there's no unwritten law that says we have to go because it makes you a good person. If it's self-sacrificing or you're feeling terrible, that is not worth any sort of label of, of being a good person. Don't go. It's going to make you more upset and sick and exhausted. And perhaps if you say no for a while, there'll come a day that maybe you're like, you know what, I actually want to go and you will have a wonderful time. Most likely, I can't say for sure, but you know, it's, it's, you know, when you're starting to put in boundaries, typically we have to put more no's in up front to just actually cocoon ourselves for a while. And then, you know, in that cocoon, perhaps we birth the butterfly and then we're like, ah, this actually feels really good to go this year, but you're coming from a from an authentic place, not a obligation or a guilt or a feeling like you have to. You're coming because it's a it's truly where you want to be, and and that is that is an aligned projector. Yeah, and I think as well. Obviously, you know we're twenty percent of the population as projectors, so we're putting up boundaries, I guess, to eighty percent of the the world that may not understand how we operate. And what do you mean mm-hmm. you don't have any energy? It's family, it's friends. Like you have to be there. And it's just right. they, they have that motor just to kind of go and go and go and be around all of these people and taking all of this food and this information and not right. feel so kind of drained by it. But then as a projector, we leave that space and think, I just need to sleep for a week. 
Right. Absolutely. You, as projectors, the worst thing we can do is look outside to decide how we should be. Because like you said, we're just 20% and of the 20%, maybe 1% of us are actually living fully aligned. I'm not one of them. And I've been doing this for a while. And I'm not saying that no one out there is fully aligned, but if we're looking outside to feel normal or to do the right thing, we're being guided by the wrong strategy, most likely. Mm, that's a that's a really helpful tip, I think, for anyone that's wanting to start putting these boundaries up. Is that no, yet yeah, knowing that don't be influenced by that outside world because it's, right. they're operating so differently to us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they may not understand and it may be really hard not to justify and over-explain yourself. But I think that's just adding to that fortification that we really celebrate in ourselves as projectors and it'll just yes. keep happening more and more the the more that we kind of put ourselves out there in these uncomfortable boundaries and people will start respecting them. And if they don't respect them, then they weren't meant to be there in the first place. Right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So what about a boundary that it doesn't feel good actually putting it in place? So you can hear yourself saying it like, let's use an example um we don't I, I don't want family to visit me at 9am on a Sunday morning they've done it for for years and I've I'm saying this I don't want mm-hmm. you to visit me at 9am on a Sunday morning and when I'm saying it it doesn't actually feel good it feels restrictive is mm-hmm. is that a sign that it's not meant to be there or is there no. any insight <laughs> into that yeah <laughs> No, for sure. Um, I wish human beings were only supposed to feel good. Okay. And I say this because we were given a crayon box full of emotions of different colors. And so if we, yes, we're pleasure seeking, but, but if we aren't comfortable in the, the, the emotions that we label as uncomfortable or not pleasurable, then life's going to be really challenging because there's no way to avoid the different array of emotions. So of course, it's not going to feel good to tell mom and dad no, or whoever no at 9am when it's been a ritual. It doesn't mean that you're doing the wrong thing again. And here's the thing, we're not signing anything in, in, you know, hard signature where it can't be changed. You know, through trial, right? You know, through, okay, let's try that on for a month that no one comes over on Sundays. Does that feel good? Other than I have some guilt and feel bad because that's just natural and okay. Is my being actually really looking forward to sleeping in or just being with my friends or my spouse or myself Sunday mornings? So again, let, let life just be one big experiment. And, and I hope you fail. I hope you figure, because in failing, you actually find your boundaries even more. You know, we could put too tight of boundaries in place and then realize, actually, I'm okay with that. Wonderful. There's no wrong. There's no um, absolute, you know, but, but it's gonna not feel good because it's, it goes against our entire life of trying to make other people feel good. So when we start doing that, um, again, don't be 
don't tr try not to take care of the other person's emotions. Their response to no is, is their own psychological karma and their own stuff. You know, and you can, again, say it in the nicest way, you know, I'm actually needing more time on Sundays and for the next few weeks, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna be with myself and see how that goes and, and try it on. Um, I'll say this too, because this is another boundary I think is just important to note because it's not about boundaries aren't just like our protecting ourselves from the other. Boundaries are also, especially as projectors, how much we're speaking to other people. It's also, I talked about this on the last, uh, I ended with this on our last podcast, but boundary is restraint as projectors. Are we able to, to zip the lip if we're not invited? That's a boundary. Are we able to not give advice to people even though we have the perfect answer because they're not asking for it? Are we able to not tell everybody everything we've learned? You know, like this is also an internal boundary that's not going to feel good because we love to share and to help and to to give everyone everything we've got. So I, I just say that because it's not just, you know, us saying no to other people. It's us having a boundary within our essence to pull back and to actually to be if we're trying to be in alignment. So that I just think is important to note as well. Yeah, I love I love that tying of those two things together because I guess we can't expect our the boundaries that we're putting up with other people if we're not putting those up for ourselves and respecting right. them for ourselves. Right. Then I guess right. that's two different messages that we're putting out there into the world and you know which exactly. one is the universe going to cling on to almost. Right. Exactly. Um it's you know, I, a lot of us as projectors can be in the lens of a victim, you know, like, oh my gosh, because we were, it's, we're in a challenged role, so to speak, but we have a lot of self-accountability that we don't, we can do within ourselves, which is why I like to empower people to know that we can actually put a lot of boundaries and change our own inner dynamic and the world falls to, we don't have to actually go so much outside with boundaries if we're honoring our own internal boundaries. An example, like I just said, with communication. Another example is, speak, is uh, not speaking, excuse me, is time. You know, are we carving enough time out in the day to rest or to not be working or to go out in nature? Are we getting enough sleep? These are time, time boundaries. And when we do those things, then we're able to be in life more gracefully. And then we're not running around exhausted, sick, bitter, oversharing, overgiving. You know, once we have organized ourselves and knowing ourselves with, with what we can give, what we can pull back on time alone, life will typically match that. And people will begin to respect that because they'll feel it in your essence that you're actually an individ, individuated person that knows how to take care of themselves. Mm, perfect. So practicing on ourselves yep. to kind 100%. of yeah, fortify that, that external, I guess, physical body that we have. And yes. we can feel that in our projector aura, which just 
that spans so incredibly wide. I just don't feel like there is an end to our projector aura. No, so, right, right. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love that. This has just been so insightful and so incredibly helpful. And I would love to ask you one more thing before we start to wrap things up. Sure. I would love to know what is your favorite thing about setting boundaries and how do they benefit you personally? Definitely. Okay. Well, my favorite thing about setting boundaries is I feel that I'm the one in control of my life. And what I mean by that is like how I used to be was I felt like I was kind of, I had a leash on and depending on who needed me or the call, you know, the calls during the day or what was going on, I was kind of being pulled and I wasn't empowered where when I've set boundaries and said no to events that I would have never said no to because it wasn't politically correct, if you will. Um, I My self-esteem and self-confidence rose when I put a limit on how many clients I would see or when I stopped seeing clients, my being, I honored myself and my health improved. My energy increases when I am able to go out into nature or have a morning routine to myself or sleep alone at times during the week, I have found that I'm more happy being me and less dependent on life to bring me a sense of fulfillment or searching out there or needing to, you know, project out onto everybody or help everybody. I'm, I'm much more contained, which then opens me up to actually be able to, to give a lot more Um, my health has improved quite a bit. And I would also say that I feel the sense of respect from my friends, family, colleagues. Um, It increases because I have more respect for myself. When I honor myself, I'm respecting myself, which then in turn creates others to respect me. I get to decide where my value goes. And I also am not over giving value and not getting the right recognition and compensation. So there is a definite improvement in how I feel just sitting with myself. And it feels nice because my gosh, for this longest time, most of my life, I was overworking, always sick, feeling unseen. And it was a very depressive, anxious state to live in. And that has definitely dialed back the more that I've understood what I need and also implement my need for rest. So I don't become then the sick one that needs everyone else to depend on me or the one that is feeling, you know, I, I'm actually able to be more sovereign in myself. So it was, a. it's been a, it's been a, it's not always easy, but it's been a worthwhile journey and I feel much more contained. And then I also have a lot more space to rest and play and live and not just be the helper. And that creates a very full, full feeling of being a human. And there was a lot of parts of myself that I never got to really grow or get to know because I was just 
one thing. So that's just so powerful that respecting yourself at that level, at that like deep core level, mm-hmm. has just has shifted so many things for you. Yes. And I resisted, Amy. Oh my gosh. Like I was the one again, that was always a go, 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 go. You know, I was in a sales career. It was, you know, and I was like, what's a 10 minute rest going to do? What's laying down going to, you know, I was so resistant to some of these things. And I tell you, they really make a difference. They really do. It's, it's, it's really respectful for our essence to do that. It's completely disrespectful to run ourselves into the ground. And when we do that, life typically doesn't reward when we are disrespectful to ourselves. No. How can we be magnetic when we are literally, right. we're pushing everything away because we're right. just operating in this not self theme, which we might not even realize we're doing right. because society is saying, yeah, go, go, go. And totally hard totally. work equals success. And, you know, there's just, there's no downtime. And I know that we touched on this in the the projector essence episode, which again, go and listen to that. But I think how incredible to know that we have the profound ability within us to shift our inner world and then the outer world also shifts, but not mm-hmm. doing it from a place of, okay, if I, if I change something on the inside, then I'll get everything I want on the outside. It's right. just that deep trust that, you know what? I actually, I need this. I deserve this. This is a birthright for me to feel the sense of ease in the world. And then everything else just follows suit. I just, there's no, it's so powerful. There's no end to that power. I just think that's incredible. Yes. And I'll say this lastly, just because you know, when we're all seeking to change or to, to realign ourselves. And I like just to set the expectation of change. One of, um, I do a lot of research and study also with indigenous communities and they use totem animals. And I, I love that the totem animal of the turtle, um, change takes time. And I know that could be like nails on a chalkboard because everyone wants to change now, but my suggestion wouldn't be to, to put up 20 new boundaries right now, you know, try one on try two on maybe, and just feel into that. I find the slower we go, the, the quicker we get to the finish line. It, when we do too much, it can offset the system a bit. And then we end up failing. And then we get more discouraged because we are trying to change everything all at once it's not, that's not to me, the process of real change. So to allow yourself some time, and I know you're many people are like, but I need this now, then you can place a, you know, a big boundary right now, but then just sit with that for a bit. I think that's a really important point to know that humans, we, it, we change cyclically and we're changing all the time. And if we have this crazy expectation that we like rip a bunch of band-aids typically the pendulum swings and knocks us the other way a bit too so I just say that and again everyone gets to do what they want to do there's no right but that's just a little piece of advice as we're beginning to try on these new roles or these new ways of being Mm. 
be the turtle. <laughs> be the turtle. I wear, I have a turtle ring. Yeah, definitely. Cause I used to be the, the hair, you know, I just like, okay, let me go run, run, run. And then I'd collapse, you know, and, and I maybe accomplished something, but then I was sick and tired and exhausted where now it's like, oh, you know, I'm with myself for the rest of my life. I've got a long time to get to know myself. And I'm going to start with this, this piece right here. And again, give yourself room to make mistakes. Please make mistakes. You're not trying hard enough. If you're not, if you blow it and you overshare, you give unsolicited advice, like amazing way to go. You learned a situation that maybe next time you enter, you have to be a little bit more mindful of. That's a great thing. So, so to not be so hard on ourselves when we do things that we're trying not to do, it's, they're going to happen. I still, I do it all the time, you know, like it, it's Me just part too. of, part of, part <laughs> of the game, you know, and can we have some humor with it? You know, we've, we've been again, programmed for a long time. So we're, it, as we're re swapping out the, the programming, it's still going to run itself. It's okay. Yeah. Until we, yeah, we've got, until we've got that new program kind of running alongside and then that totally. gradually starts to kind of power up a little bit more than what the other one was. So. Right. Right. Beautiful. What a beautiful note to end on. And I, I love, I've just got this image of this turtle in my mind, literally just cruising <laughs> along. Like yeah. I, I don't have to be anywhere in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a long time and I'm happy with where I'm going and the pace that I'm going at. So totally. I think that's a, a beautiful uh, animal totem, I guess, to, to, to hold in your mind as yeah, well. Yeah. And so. it's beautiful because it has a boundary. It's got a shell. I didn't even think oh, about yes. that. It's got a shell and it's like the it's like the feminine. It's slower, you know, and it needs to go and seek itself. It's gonna, it has a boundary. So let that be the theme of our of our call. I love it. I wonder if people are going to start seeing turtles everywhere after so. listening I to this. So. Please let us know. <laughs> DM us on Instagram if you start yeah, right. seeing turtles. <laughs> so good, good. teachers. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Sarah. This has just been incredible. And I can't actually wait to listen to this again and take some notes (laughs) because like I said on the last episode, you're just this beautiful wealth of knowledge, but it doesn't come from a place of, you know, you need to fix yourself or I know more than you. It's just this beautiful integration that you've, you've managed to to own, I guess, in your life. And it's just, it's so helpful. You've got such a beautiful way of explaining things. So thank you for sharing your, your beautiful splenic intuition and your wisdom with us on this call. Thank you, Amy. I love being here and the work you're doing and to all the projectors out there. It's so wonderful to have this platform and talk to all of you and keep on this path. It, It really is a beautiful journey. So thank you. Mm, Wonderful. Thank you, Sarah. We'll chat to you again soon. Okay. Charlie here. And I wanted to jump on quickly as you might be interested in one of the live trainings projector movement is holding with Sarah Lemmerman. So if you enjoyed this interview on boundaries, 
then you can expect a lot more in a live training. So the link will be below and wishing you all a beautiful journey. Thank you for listening. We love that you're here with us. If you're not already part of the community over on Instagram, come and join us at Projector Movement. We have an amazing free webinar for projectors available over on our website, along with some beautiful offerings that serve as a guide in your life and will ignite your projector spirit. Head over to www.projectormovement.com. Until next time, journey well.